0: Hello, and welcome to the Health and Wellness Show. Today is 7th of September, 2018. um, And I am joined in our virtual studio from all over the planet by Doug, Tiffany and Erica. Hello.
1: Hello. Hi.
0: Right, so today we're going to be talking about the nanny state. Economists say obesity and its consequences cost our society one hundred ninety billion dollars annually in health care and lost productivity so our government overlords and health officials want to find effective strategies to discourage people from over consuming sh- sugary drinks and junk foods they hope to accomplish this gargantuan feat through taxation that generates billions of dollars in revenue and that will allegedly go towards schemes that will lay the framework for a healthy utopia, where everyone is ultimately super-hot vegans. (laughs) But can can anyone, let alone the government, successfully regulate private behaviour? And who ultimately decides what actually is healthy? And what if the deciders not only tell us what not to eat, but then actually start enforcing what we have to eat. So these are all really important questions. And when we think about this topic of food taxation, it turns out that it's highly nuanced and it's not as simple as, okay, tax the junk food. Um, So before we sort of get into it, I'd just like to hear everyone's thoughts on whether, the the idea or the philosophy behind taxing foods is actually a good idea or not you know are there noble intentions behind it no <laughs> well
2: <laughs> there might be noble intentions behind it for, for some people, anyway, because on its yeah. surface, I think it does look like a good idea. It's kind of like, people are drinking too much soda, so let's tax the soda. It's a win-win because people will drink less soda, but we'll get revenue from the taxes. So it kind of seems like kind of a good idea on its surface. But, you know, I think I have somewhat, somewhat in some issues anyway, libertarian leanings. And the idea of regulating people's behavior Um just always kind of rubs me the wrong way and I don't know there's so many issues that come up with it that I think despite the fact that on the surface it seems like a good idea I don't actually think it is a good idea
3: I concur Mm. I don't think that it's a good idea I think that the people who propose it have good intentions or they think that they do but whenever you try to regulate somebody's behavior and enact a law or a policy or a tax on it. There's always some kind of hidden side effects behind it. And I, I think that these people who want to tax the sodas and the junk food and the trans fats, or I don't know if they tax trans fats, but you know what I'm talking about. Anyway, um, I think that they make up all these reasons for why like it's for the kids we don't want the fat kids and the poor obese people who just keep getting more obese and more obese as the years go by and the burden that it's putting on our health care system i think those are all noble intentions but they just assume that if you tax something people aren't going to eat it and if they don't eat it then they're not going to get fat and that is not the truth.
1: <laughs>
3: no. So it's super simplistic. Yes. Like yeah. sugar, sugary sodas lead to fatness. I mean, yes, it can. But there's multiple other reasons that people get fat. Yeah. Why don't they just tax the fatties? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's how you should pay your income tax, actually. They yeah. should. You, you, it's by weight. Mm-hmm. Rather than by income, they just like however much you weigh, that's how much tax you pay. Yes, yeah, so, like the carbon so, tax.
0: <laughs> the the basic idea behind it is is that okay, we're gonna take all this supposedly unhealthy food. Well, I'm gonna call it food, for argument's sake, but <laughs> okay. really, I I don't think a lot of it constitutes food. It's junk, but. Mm-hmm they're gonna tax it and what So the the idea behind that is that people will see that it costs more and mm-hmm. therefore they will be more unlikely to buy that food yeah and so the like idea cigarettes is cigarettes and able, alcohol <laughs> yeah yeah so the idea is that they'll go on to make healthier choices Um but it's not as simple as that is it no. and it, it was interesting because one of the articles I um, was reading for this show, it was, um, yeah, I can't remember the, the author's name, but it was someone who, who, who did a study and basically his hypothesis was that this wouldn't work because, because you have to look at the location um, and the food availability in mm-hmm. various parts of the country. So there's parts which are referred to, I think they called them as food deserts. Mm -hmm. Basically, areas in the United States, whether they're in the sort of dense urban urban areas or whether they're completely rural. And so it's quite difficult for these people who live in these areas to get access to fresh local produce or fresh healthy food. Um, And so many of those people are more reliant on the food which is processed. Mm -hmm. And so the idea behind this paper was that by taxing a food, you wouldn't necessarily reduce the consumption of that food. Um, But what you would probably do is you would force these people to spend more of their wages on that food because it's the only food that they really have available to them somewhat. And then they're going to have less food uh, sorry, they're going to have less money left over from their monthly paycheck to afford other things.
3: Mm-hmm. And so
0: ultimately, you're just making the poor poorer because this is who this really refers to is, is the people who don't have much money. Um, and so the idea was, is that actually it may have the opposite of the intended effect. And not only will it make, not only will these people continue to eat the same amount of junk, but actually they'll be poorer and worse off for that. Yeah, Um, And I thought that was interesting because that's something that hasn't really been taken into consideration here, I don't think.
2: Yeah. And the other thing you got to think of, too, is that even if it worked, right, even if they they put in this soda tax and it actually did curb people's consumption, you know, what are they going to replace that with? Like, it's like the assumption is that, oh, if you stop drinking soda, then, you know, suddenly you'll replace it with like healthier options. But that really is not the case you know it's kind of like soda is one component of the diet so it's like yeah okay they won't be drinking sugar sweetened beverages but then what other junk will they start loading up on you know if they're if they actually have a problem with sugar consumption that's not going to solve that problem so they'll probably they'll just start just eating eat more, more cookies donuts. and cakes and yeah donuts totally or they'll put more sugar in their coffee or you know they'll <laughs> buy unsweetened iced tea and throw the sugar in at home like i really i don't think that this really addresses the root cause of the issue in any way shape or form. It's very cosmetic.
1: And the whole idea of these food deserts, you know, I mean, anyone who goes into a corner store so you don't buy soda but there's no other options besides water or maybe vitamin water. <laughs> you know what I mean, which oh, even is better. made by Pepsi or Coke and and kind of something I wanted to mention about uh somebody in the chat had said that well people will just be fat and poor, Mm -hmm. is in the United States, you know, we have the food stamp program, SNAP, they call it. And you can buy soda and donuts and crap with your food stamps, but Mm -hmm. you can't buy vitamins or supplements. (gasps) Uh So here you have a federal program that's supposed to be helping people who are poor. Mm -hmm. And realistically at that level, they could do a little bit of regulation. If they can make it so you can't buy vitamins, why can't they make it so, you know, people in these food desert stores can accept food stamps for Coke? Well, that just goes to show how
3: much the government really cares about your health.
2: (laughs) Yeah, Because
3: they'll stop you from buying supplements with your food stamps, but you can buy all the crap food you want to eat
2: well if we even take it back another layer i mean what is the reason that there is so much of this i mean they're they're using high fructose corn syrup in these sodas right and -hmm. they're like oh people are drinking too much of this soda so let's tax it but really if you take a a, a larger look at it why is high fructose corn syrup so cheap and so everywhere it's because the government subsidizes corn (laughs) they grow so they grow too much of this corn and then they flood the market with this stuff. So they're like, oh, hey, we found out a way to make really cheap sugar out of this. So let's put it in all our sodas. Of course, they're gonna, the, the soda companies are going to use it because it's dirt cheap. And then it's like, why don't we go back to the root of this problem and stop subsidizing corn rather mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. subsidize corn, get really cheap sugar, and then people have too much of it. So we tax them. It's like, that's, it's just a bureaucratic nightmare. Why not just go back to the source, not... Um, subsidize the corn, not flood the market with this cheap, high fructose corn syrup. I mean, I'm not saying that that necessarily is an ultimate solution, but it might be a good start.
3: Yeah, there's another example of how the government really cares about us. So this taxing soda and junk is not because the government loves you. Some people say it's because cash-strapped municipalities and county governments want to generate revenue. And they say that the money's generated from the taxation. They'll apply it to healthy eating programs or maybe they'll subsidize poor families to be able to buy more fruits and vegetables. Hmm. I think that money is going somewhere that we'll never see. It's going to line somebody's pockets I don't know where it's gonna go but i think it's gonna go the same way or the same place that uh the money from the lottery system (laughs) yeah like like when they first had the lottery they said oh it's going to go towards the school system and look at the state (laughs) of our schools right now
2: yeah well it's i mean some some municipalities aren't even like you know they'll say yes you know some of this money is going to go towards these programs and things and it's like but really, like, they're doing it because they are cash-strapped. Mm-hmm. You know, they have no money. So it's like, well, obviously not all of it is going to go right back into the community then. Obviously, some of it is going to be trying to deal with the problem, you know, stave off bankruptcy.
3: Yeah, and if one county has a soda tax and the county next to it doesn't, people are just going to go over to the next county and buy their Pepsi. Yeah. That's what people do in, in
1: counties that are dry counties where they can't buy alcohol. Mm-hmm. And just yeah. drive to the next county.
2: Well, it's bad, too, because, you know, I, I saw this video where it was a, they were focusing on a pizza shop owner. I think it was in Philadelphia where they had introduced this uh, soda tax. And it was literally like the guy had a pizza place where he sold soda. And literally, people would go in there, they'd buy a slice, and they'd go across the street. Like, <laughs> that's where the line was. They'd go across the street to buy their soda. So I mean mm-hmm. that is not achieving anything, and this mm-hmm. guy's business is hurting because you know he depends on that revenue, right? And it's like all of a sudden nobody's buying drinks from him. Like mm-hmm. that's uh, that's that's a problem. Like a lot of these small business owners are up in arms about this.
3: Mm. Well, in West Virginia and in Arkansas, they have soda tax, but they're still like ranking up near the top of the fattest states in the United States.
2: Yeah, how long so have they had their work. soda tax?
3: I'm not really sure, mm. but long enough to see that it doesn't work, apparently.
2: Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I mean, that just goes to show, like, it really, like, soda is obviously only one small part of this. Like, mm. you know, it's not, it's not going to, like, you're not going to suddenly have everybody looking like hot vegans, like you <laughs> said in the intro there, just because uh, they cut, you know, some soda out of their diet.
1: mm Well, and everyone kind of knows. I mean, I think we've discussed it on the show before about the evils of high fructose corn syrup. So, you know, companies are kind of getting keen to that, especially like Coca Cola. They have like a new Coke out that is made with real sugar. Oh my God. But I think what what people don't know is that that real sugar comes from gmo beets so it's like well now you're not eating gmo corn but we're just going to shift it to gmo beets because most people don't think that we would genetically modify beets you Mm -hmm. know what i mean so Mm -hmm. it's it's just it's like the rabbit hole goes deeper and deeper and deeper
2: yeah Yeah, it's kind of similar to the whole trans fat ban thing there were several places i think actually now in june if i'm not mistaken the fda actually banned trans fats and you mm-hmm. know it comes with caveats of course and um they're they're kind of i think what they actually banned was uh hydrogenated oil and some things are still allowed to use it but they've gotten rid of like something like 60% of it or 80% of it or something like that and it seems like you know Because the thing is, there was already a public outcry about that, right? Like uh, trans fats, everybody was kind of getting hip to the fact that these things were really bad for them. And so it seems like a lot of the food processors were actually already shifting away from that. Mm -hmm. So it's like the FDA basically is completely in the pocket of all these food processors. So it's kind of like once the shift is already happening, then they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're going to ban this. It's like, you know, it's just like, it's a PR move more than anything else. It's not because, you know, they're not hurting their, um, uh, what would you call them, their support. They're Mm -hmm. not hurting the people who are actually like lining their pockets. So it's, it's, you know, it's just, it's so transparent.
1: And kind of along that same line now is maybe you don't have trans fats, but you have canola oil in every single product, which is another hugely genetically modified crop.
3: It's It's in everything. It seems like it's just shifting chairs around on the Titanic. They ban trans fats. Okay. There's also GMO crops and foods and canola oil. Um, They'll tax sodas, but there's also like Doritos and Cheetos (laughs) and donuts that people can get fat off of. Uh, They'll ban supplements, but you can eat all the crap that you want. I mean, it really, it's all just a big shell game, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, I think so, too. And, and you know, at the did... end of
3: the... Yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, like, why does this taxation have to fall upon the individual? Why yes. don't they go toward, go after the corporations who are making this stuff? They never get penalized. They don't get taxed unless no. somebody dies or there's like a massive poisoning of a large section of the population that's the only time you ever hear about any of these companies getting in trouble why don't they just say stop producing this you will not have to worry about taxing people or regulating people's behavior the stuff won't even be available
2: yeah and it's i mean even that it's like i mean at the end of the day if you really look at it it's like people really realistically should have the right to eat whatever the hell they want. You know? they and I always, I always kind of get my back up a little bit when the government is going to suddenly start regulating this or that thing, you know. especially when you look at how corrupt the institutions are that the, the, the government is, is using to determine what is, quote, unquote, healthy, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at the FDA, completely corrupt. You look at the USDA, completely corrupt. So it's like these and the dietitians, like, I mean, who are you going to ask? Idiots. Like, when, right? It's just ridiculous, and the problem there is that, I mean, one of the problems there is that the lobbying efforts from all these different uh, corporations and big agriculture, big food, like all these different um, mega um, corporations that kind of control all this kind of stuff through lobbying efforts, I mean, the dietitians, like the, the, the food recommendations for Americans is like so the, the, all the the big ag, big pharma, big whatever, have their hands in that. So they're mm. steering those things. So it's like if you're gonna go and ask the the American Dietetics Association what should people be eating, they're gonna give a complete bullshit answer. Because it's completely they're sponsored by controlled. Pepsi. Exactly. <laughs> Pepsi and, and Coke Coca-Cola. and all these things. It's like all all these things. So it's like you know, anytime I hear about this government regulation, it's like, well, who's deciding what, what is healthy? What should be taxed? What shouldn't be taxed? Mm-hmm. So even at that level, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, what's, uh, what was it? Um, oh, I can't remember. I think it was a Nordic country that actually introduced a fat tax mm-hmm. where it was like any amount of fat in food was taxed, whether it be meat, whether it be, you know, chips, whatever. If there was fat in it, they were actually taxing based on the amount of fat in it. Which is ridiculous. Like, obviously, mm. that is a bad idea. Um, and the fact of the matter is, people were so up in arms about it that they pulled it after a year because it wasn't working, and everybody was like, "This is this is complete ridiculous." So it's it just goes to show how completely misguided
0: the people who are actually deciding to make
2: these regulations actually are.
3: Yeah,
0: it's it's this is interesting because it brings up a couple of points, and like what Tiff just said. About okay, what if the governments just shut down these big corporations <laughs> or shut down the production of, it? shut down the production of the crap, basically? But then there there is from a, a sort of libertarian perspective, I guess, um, and kind of as Doug said, people should have the right, uh, I guess, or people should ideally have the right to choose what they put in 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 their mouths and likewise does does that not also apply to the corporations do the corporations Mm -hmm. somewhat have the right to be able to produce junk Mm -hmm. um and and to sell junk You, you know so so who makes the decision and 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 then if we are to start enforcing okay so you can no longer produce this because this causes health problems, or mm-hmm. this is unhealthy, then where do you draw the line, and how mm. far does that go? Because, like as as Doug pointed out, okay, who makes the decisions about what is healthy and what is unhealthy, and then furthermore, how far does that go in terms of really regulating what people do and do not do, if that makes sense, and so. It's, it's kind of tricky ground because I, I agree with you, Tiff. Or uh-huh. I agree with what you said. I would personally love it if the, if the government came along and shut down these bastards in Monsanto. I would love it. Excuse <laughs> my French. But quite frankly, it, that is a slippery slope because where does that end? and And how do we sort of put the brakes on that?
3: I think on an individual level, it's easy. Stay out of my business and let me do what I want. But if you're a corporation, I think just the fact that you are a business and you're operating within a certain country, there are certain regulations that you should expect to be imposed upon you. Mm-hmm. Like we all know that there are truly dangerous things that corporations do. Like take air pollution or uh polluting yeah (laughs) polluting rivers and screwing up the environment that's obviously an awful thing and it needs to be regulated but when we get into like what people eat like unless it's like a mass death because something was like if you look back in the olden days when they had like medications or something they put morphine and stuff in it that's bad I mean, I should have a choice of whether or not I want to take morphine. (laughs) Um, But yeah, certain levels it gets kind of tricky and others is patently obvious that this is uh, detrimental to people's health and it needs to be regulated. But I can't decide what that line is. I have my own ideas, but I'm sure people on the other side have their own ideas, too. I think... Sure. It's up to us to decide, okay, I will, yeah, that, maybe that's the line. Like if you can decide not to take a certain food or a certain drug, then, then you won't be harmed by it. But if it's something that you have no choice in, it's polluting the entire environment or the GMOs are polluting the crops in your yard, that's when it needs to be regulated.
2: But here's the problem. I mean, essentially what we have right now is no regulation right hmm. like the food processors can put whatever the hell they want into the food um and it's obviously not working <laughs> 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 like people aren't like oh that has trans fats i'm not going to eat that no it, it requires suddenly the government has to step in and ban it in order for um to, to actually for people to stop eating it essentially, yeah. so it 's like yeah. when you sit there like i mean this is this is where I think it becomes really tricky, and where i 'm su- suddenly my libertarian leanings are are you know coming up against some resistance here because it 's like if you just kind of put things out there and say no regulation mm-hmm. then th- uh, that doesn 't work i mean you 're going to end up with a very sick populace
1: so mm-hmm.
2: I mean, I think it really does kind of go back to the kind of lobbying efforts of all these big companies and stuff like that too, because they are kind of have a hand in what ends up on the shelves. Um, And I don't know if they need to be regulated. (laughs) Well, you wouldn't hear me complain, believe me. I mean, it would like ideally, I see it that you know these panels of experts on the government would have absolutely no influence from from industry whatsoever, right? Mm -hmm. And they would only go by what you know, the current science and current understanding of an issue is, and that would be what kind of makes, how the decisions are made. Mm. But I don't, it, it seems kind of impossible, like the level of corruption is so huge that it, it's like, I don't know, it's, it's very frustrating.
1: Well, I feel like I should mention, at least in the United States, the regulatory industry that we have, and that's the FDA, Food and Drug Administration. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, allegedly it was established in the 1980s and it was sold to the American people as protection of your food and drug supply. So, of course, we're like, yay, great, they're going to help us. But it turns out if you look into their history, for one thing, 40% of their budget comes from drug companies, so mm-hmm. hired guns. So already you have a conflict of interest, right? and basically they they you know they just use like guerrilla tactics i mean you can watch endless youtube videos and health people go into just how corrupt the fda is and it it just it freaks me out
2: because don't
3: they raid raw milk <laughs> farmers <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah yeah
3: like at gunpoint Over milk? Yeah, raw
1: milk. (laughs) And, you know, it ended up that that whole thing, and this was a few years ago, was actually because the dairy industry put a lot of pressure on the FDA that they needed to, quote, unquote, regulate raw dairy. Mm. You know, and they used basically those guerrilla tactics, search warrants, litigation, and they were going after really small, like, co-ops, companies where... You know, in the traditional sense of a word, a co-op is all the people that are quote unquote members have investment in it and also profit off of it. Mm. So you're talking about a really small, minute organization that is being intimidated to not provide what people
3: want. Mm. So the FDA is kind of like the law enforcement arm of big ag and big Mm -hmm. corporations and big pharma.
1: Well, like you said in the intro, it's like foxes guarding the hen house. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in the 90s, they went after supplements and they tried really hard to ban supplements or lower the, um, what is it, the international units that people could take and they wanted to lower it to something so ridiculously low, below what the human needs to even survive Mm -hmm. that they wanted to basically put them out of business because it's it's competition for big pharma Mm -hmm.
0: they did that in the uk with um with medicinal herbs as well so they shut down a bunch of um herb producers and the um and the quantity of each medicinal herb in a product was lowered down so you had to you had to spend like four times as much money just to get the same dose, mm-hmm. uh, and it, uh, unfortunately, that actually put out a lot of businesses. Um, it made them go bankrupt, and now there's only a couple. It's kind of centralized now, and it's it's a shame. But yeah, they do it the same in the UK.
1: And I think that's was the intention. You know, here they're saying we're trying to protect you. Supplements aren't safe, or they haven't been tested, and they have this whole rigmarole where you can't get your supplement safety tested. So you can't get the the quote unquote, you know, documentation and people are screwed, you know?
3: Even without that regulation though, who's died from taking a supplement? No one. Versus the drugs <laughs> that the yeah. FDA has approved.
2: <laughs> totally
1: true. Well, and in the US too, they created the Food Modernization Act and basically, that gave even more power to the FDA, and their whole thing was, "Well, we're going to take responsibility away from the individual citizens, and we're going to hold industry responsible." But that's not—that wasn't the intention at all. It's like a—it's like a scheme to confuse people so much. What they're like, forget it. I'm just going to keep eating the same crap. It's—it's—it's <sighs> it's, 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 yeah. it's readily accessible, like we talked about in the show last week. And it's really hard to do your own research. And if you think, well, the FDA is protecting me, they know best, Mm
3: -hmm. you know? Well, speaking of entities that know best, I don't know if people should be putting their trust at all into the government or any savior of any kind, because nobody's gonna save you. It's really up to you to do your own research and to make the best decisions that you know how to make for yourself and for your family and in order to make those best decisions you have to have information and maybe spreading awareness about the dangers of certain products and the benefits of other products is pretty much all that we could do to protect ourselves because the government's not going to look after us and i don't care how many times they tax this or they tax that or promote certain things is really up to us
0: yeah now i think i think for a lot of the people listening to this show probably all of the people listening to this show i think that applies to But Mm -hmm. I also think that there is probably a large portion of the population (laughs) who have no inclination to do that, and are somewhat authoritarian, and so I think, I mean, I don't mean to come across in the wrong way, but the only way that i can i can explain it is almost as if they are like cattle and in uh-huh. some way i think they do need to be herded <laughs> but in in the nicest way possible if that makes sense they need to have some guidance from from some sort of authority it just seems to be the nature of human beings they you know there there are a large population of people who tend to you know drift towards the the the, the direction of authority at any given point. And so mm-hmm. I think that, I think that, you know, for us, yeah, looking outside of the box, looking at the alternative research and making our own decisions, that is a, a, that is a real reality, you know, that is something that we do. But there are certain people who are probably never gonna do that. And I guess in a utopian society or in an ideal world, then, You could say that, okay, if the authorities did have the individual's best interests at heart, then they would focus on things like education, you know, health education and real education, not just, you know, not the BS that we see today, but Mm -hmm. actually based on science and based on evidence. And that would be good because, you know, ideally if they did care about us, they would make recommendations and people would follow them and they'd be healthy and everything b- would be well and good uh, obviously that's not the situation we're in um, but <laughs> my, concern, my concern is that or I guess um, uh, maybe a bit pessimistic but I just I don't think that many people are, are, are gonna step outside that box you know mm. I think there's gonna be many who just continue to to behave in the same ways as, as they do uh, until it's somewhat enforced that they don't. It, it,
3: so yeah,
0: you're I, arguing I, for a benevolent <laughs> dictatorship essentially. <laughs> yeah. It I don't know bad. I don't know what I'm arguing for. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, you are. But <laughs> I don't dis completely disagree with you. Because no, neither do I. But... You're right. People sometimes do need to be herded. And there is a significant Uh, portion of the population who just can't get their shit together. (laughs) Basically, (laughs) they're going to be, they need to be told what to do. And it does sound really, really bad, but that's, just the reality of the situation. And if you've worked with a lot of people in the health field and you have a lot of experience with this, you will know that there are some people who just have no clue at all about what to eat, what to do, anything. They need to be told, and even if they are told, they're still not gonna follow directions. They're gonna do whatever it is that's in them to do
2: but here's a question (laughs) okay so I remember the whole thing um, with Jordan Peterson a while back when he was talking about enforced monogamy it was basically when the whole incel thing kind of came to the fore these these people who feel like they're um, they're involuntary celibates basically and they're these these, just a terrible community of people who are misogynist and anyway he would Jordan Peterson was asked about this and thought, you know, asked what could be done about this. And he said, you know, enforced monogamy would mm-hmm. kind of be the answer. And, you know, he got into all kinds of trouble about the, for that because, well, not trouble, but, you know, people misinterpreted that because it's basically a term that means kind of societally enforced monogamy. So it's, in other words, people put a value, a higher value on monogamy. Within the society, and that kind of enforces it throughout the culture. Whereas people were thinking he was talking about like holding women at gunpoint and forcing them to have sex with all these, uh, you know, (laughs) nerdy basement dwellers. But anyway, I wonder if that kind of, you know, approach would be something better. It's kind of Mm -hmm. like if culturally the right decisions were kind of valued and enforced, and people were kind of, um, they saw, you know, role models or whatever who were actually doing the right thing and people weren't in these food deserts where you can't get anything except you know chips and soda you know maybe that would kind of be the answer rather than kind of having regulation from on top saying you have to eat this Mm -hmm. because you're a bunch of sheep and you don't know what you're doing and let the government take care of you because you're just going to hurt yourself you know more along the lines of you don't take people's right to choose away Mm
0: -hmm. but
2: You kind of have the education out there and you have the the role modeling out there and it's like society values the right choices. I don't know. It kind of seems like a bit of a, a compromise there than kind of hurting people.
3: Yeah, but it seems like right now society only values external appearance. And there's really no discussion about, like maybe somebody is a super hot vegan or a non-vegan, but there's no discussion about how that person attained that super hotness as far as diet and exercise and things like that go. Yeah, I mean, people go to the gym and gym membership is up. And like, there are certain, you know, uh, places in the country that are, healthier than others like if you look at uh, southern california like hippie enclaves or more progressive uh cities versus like places like uh birmingham alabama where everybody is a super heavyweight um but again you know who are we to say we have no right to enforce our utopia any more than anybody else like a vegan might have to enforce their utopia yeah. And
1: that seems to be where the option is headed. Like <laughs> instead of the uh, quote unquote government regulation, it's now big corporations mm. jumping on the bandwagon to be vegan. So it's Ooh, gone. Why vegan? It's gone <laughs> why to the complete other end of the spectrum. Yeah, you want to you riff on that, Doug? <laughs> Facebook and <Well>. veganism. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I don't, I did, I did read the article and yeah, what was it? It was basically like Facebook has teamed up with some
0: kind of vegan company
1: Mm -hmm. to kind of, for parents,
2: (laughs) for parents,
0: right. Yeah. It's no, it's the thing is, it's actually raising children on a vegan diet. Yeah. Yeah. And
2: pregnancy too. They want, they want to show everybody how a vegan pregnancy is, is, uh, is totally uh, doable which is insane like that that really is that that is going to hurt a lot of people so i mean i guess that's kind of what i was saying about kind of culturally enforcing things but it's like then you get back to the whole thing it's like what who's deciding what is is healthy what's the best way to do it i mean you know mark zuckerberg apparently is now the uh the authority on uh the way that people should be eating So, he's been told by, you know, probably all his SJW employees that veganism is the thing that should be promoted. So, Mm -hmm. now Facebook, which, you know, billions of people are using, are going to be getting this message regularly that that's the healthy way to go. And of course, those vegans
3: have really done a good job of putting their message out there because people who aren't vegans still think that being a vegan is the healthiest thing to do. Yeah. Totally.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And it's interesting because the same interests still benefit somewhat you know big ag big agriculture they they mm-hmm. they still make a uh you know wheat's vegan corn's vegan mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. soy is uh soy is the favorite vegan food isn't it so, sugar's vegan it, yeah <laughs> exactly so they're still making a big buck off of this
3: but what yeah. about all the ranchers don't they have a big lobby too why can't we support <laughs> the ranchers and the cattlemen <laughs> <laughs>
2: 'Cause the thing is, like people who are actually like have a clue about health, right? They're they're mm-hmm. kind of leaning more to the paleo end of the spectrum, maybe even ketogenic or something like that. They're not supposed supporting the ranchers and the cattlemen because all those people like that that entire lobbying effort goes towards factory farming and all the bullshit meat. So it's like nobody wants to to deal like, you know, they're being left out in the cold because the vegans don't want them, the paleo guys don't want them. It's like mm. So then, I'd still but rather
3: no video eat video cattle, CAFO, uh, <laughs> farm, big cattle meat than no meat. <laughs> well, I wanted to just share
1: something from this company that it's called uh, Raise Vegan Incorporated. Ugh. And um, yeah. basically it started just a year ago and it's got an all-female-led team oh, God. in New York <laughs> with offices in Ireland, Australia, and the United Kingdom. And basically, they're seeing a much-needed service for parents that grew from just a few members to millions of parents around the world in a matter of months.
0: A matter of months. This is interesting. It's interesting because it's only been around one year. So I dread to think what is going to happen in 10 years (laughs) or so. And they look back. They look back at the statistics of the amount of children that have become really sick because Mm -hmm. of following their advice it'll be too late by that point and um, there's practically no long-term research showing the efficacy of a a vegan diet so why on earth is anyone promoting it in fact there's there's multiple anecdotal cases of people raising their children on a vegan diet and their children becoming really sick so like how on earth is this even legal to promote something like that and then to do it over something like Facebook I mean yeah. to get that amount of coverage what is what is actually going on there because it's it's practically zero evidence base for that
2: I wonder actually it, you know this call me a conspiracy theorist but I wonder actually if the 7th uh, day eventists are behind that although they're not vegan are they they're just vegetarian No they're
1: not vegan Yeah
2: because this they This much more
1: sinister water. You know what I mean? Well, like, I, I mean, with the Seventh-day Adventists, it's like, that's just part of their belief system. And I, I feel like no, not all No, they're of them
2: huge, though. They push. Yeah, they they, they are like, they're, they're hardcore. So a lot of the vegetarian propaganda that you see is actually, they're behind it. So mm. it's like, they're, they're not an innocuous kind of, uh, oh, they're just religious people who like doing their own thing. No, no, they're, they're, they're trying to convert the world because i know
1: they do make those loma linda uh
3: soy based meat yeah. alternatives
2: yeah yeah
3: yeah they're so anti-meat why are they always trying to replicate the taste and the texture <laughs> of meat just act like meat doesn't exist
2: yeah right their bodies will rebel <laughs>
0: Oh well, yeah, that's actually a really good point. Uh, when I was vegetarian, I was vegetarian for a very long time, and um, and I used to I used to eat a lot of the um, the vegetarian products, but I didn't used to like the ones that were made out of vegetables. No, I used to like the ones that were really like meaty. So you <laughs> could get like veggie minced meat, like minced mm-hmm. beef, although it mm-hmm. wasn't beef. But if you put it in like a chili or something. People couldn't necessarily tell the difference if it had the right flavoring. It was really well made, to be honest. Um, and my body used to crave that. And it, I think that happens with a lot of vegetarians and vegans because why else? That was a really good point. Why else would these producers be trying so hard to mimic meat if, if the human body wasn't designed to eat it? Because their bodies are craving it so badly that they have to trick it into eating this plastic stuff (laughs) when all it wants is a bit of beet
2: I think it goes back to the whole flavor profile thing at least part of it does because I think there's that kind of that umami sort of meaty Mm -hmm. flavor that you know it's part of our genetic heritage we've been eating that for millions of years so I think it's honest like it's it's actually that taste receptor you need to stimulate that or your body's going to be like wait a second something's wrong what's going on here I'm not getting mm. what I need.
3: Mm. Yeah. So, I guess ultimately people have the right to manage or mismanage their lives as they see fit. And well, here's you can't the thing, really though. do anything about it. Can you? Well, I don't know. Except because on it an individual kind of cross,
2: level. It kind of crosses the line at some point, though, doesn't it? Because people who are ruining their health are then going to depend on health care or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, in Canada, I guess it's different because we have the, you know, um, government-provided health care.
3: But it's not people, as if the health care system is any good, whether it's government-provided or not. I mean, they're still tr- going to get sick and become diabetic and have heart attacks and strokes, whether they're in the health system or not. Probably more likely if they are in the health system.
2: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but, all, but all I'm saying is that the people are kind of like have the attitude that I'm going to eat whatever the hell I want and I'm going to ruin my health. But mm-hmm. then to turn around and depend on health care, like that's going to put a burden onto the country in some way. So I think it's like, you know, as much as I would like to see no regulation and that kind of thing, it, it kind of seems like there is a cost associated with that. Mm.
0: Yeah, so so that's the that's the stance that they take in the UK because we have the National Health Service. Um, a lot of the advertisements, which are talking about you know things like diabetes and obesity and everything like that, um, generally um, reflect it back to the fact that it's putting such a burden on the public healthcare system, right. um, and that ultimately that is one of the reasons why. It's such a crisis almost is because it's costing the UK so much to basically look after these people because we don't have to pay for our healthcare. Yeah, we pay taxes, but ultimately that that is the stance that they, they take. But the problem with that is that <laughs> one of the solutions, for instance, um, and I know that it's happened some places in the UK, is that if you are a smoker, you have less um you have less opportunity to get certain treatments yeah Mm. because it's it's deemed that you are doing this to your health and therefore you almost you don't deserve to to get access to the healthcare. um so it's i guess it's a slippery slope like um if i understood you correctly doug like um It's a slippery slope in determining uh, what point am I trying to make? Sorry, I've kind of lost lost myself here. I'll come back to that in a minute. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I'll make a point, though, because corporations still benefit from that excessive burden that sick people put on the healthcare system. Mm -hmm. All the drug companies benefit. You think they're gonna want people to not participate in the healthcare system because all of a sudden they're healthy? It's never gonna happen. Nah. So I think that burden on the healthcare system is just another stupid argument they make in order to tax soda. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I think there's a there's a conflict though, isn't there? Because there's the there's the the government and then there's the individual entities the pharmaceutical companies and so the the government i say individuals who are in the back pocket of the pharma Mm -hmm. agencies they would benefit but the government as a whole Mm. uh, it it doesn't benefit does it so i understand what you're saying tiff but at the same time the the people who who really do care about things who Uh do work in in public health who do work in um you know in, in these government agencies and really are trying to 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 get out the message it's like they're yeah they're being thwarted basically they're being completely thwarted by big farmers so it's like um there's there's multiple different conflicting interests Mm -hmm. in these areas and it's like you would need to almost drain the swamp
3: yeah Yeah. you would have
0: to drain the swamp but it it would be impossible And, and what we're talking about is on a mass scale and i think it's safe to say that we can't i you know none of us really have much hope on on a mass scale because it's it's so it's far unfixable,
3: gone. Unfixable, unfixable.
0: But it's so far gone that you would have to. I would imagine that there would perhaps have to be some sort of major collapse or something, which would have to sort of completely break the foundations of the corruption and then sort of build mm. up from there. But then That's when that always happens, my
3: solution everything.
0: Yeah, but then again, we know from history when that happens, sometimes it doesn't go very well.
3: So true. <laughs> Yeah. That's the unfortunate so, <laughs> side effect of resetting the system. Well, so think you're damned
1: if you do
0: it. and you're damned if you don't.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that's why we've seen such a huge pushback over the last 10 years against small farming, organic food. Like people are, there are people that are trying, even the raw milk thing, like mm-hmm. people are trying to find alternatives for just even their communities. And there's... Intimidation, and mm-hmm. you know that the FDA comes in and just regulates oh. and protects themselves in their own interests. And God forbid if whistleblowers should come out and say this is what's happening, you know they get sidelined. And oh well, the, we'll we'll move on, you know. And all the conflict of interest, like you know, Michael Taylor, for example, worked for the head of the FDA. He also worked for Monsanto. Then he went back to the FDA. Then he went back to Monsanto. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I mean these. There's no regulation that's gonna happen at
3: all in a system like that. Well, that's the part that I find that's really criminal because we know that there are pathologicals in power. We know the government's gonna do what they wanna do no matter how much people protest. We know that corporations are gonna do what they will do in order to make money. But to deny people the choice to make their own decision and pursue healthy or what they consider healthy alternatives, even if it is vegan and they're a bunch of dummies. But (laughs) (laughs) if I want to decide that I want to drink raw milk, I should have that option. Stay out of my business. Go Mm -hmm. make your money off of the idiots who want to drink soda and leave me alone. (laughs) But That's uh, the part that I don't like there it's a it's it's a growing populism
1: thing you know what i mean <laughs> that people are realizing just from experience mm-hmm. you know that these things are not good for their health and maybe we should try something different and the whole facebook vegan thing is so crazy cuz that's where it's directing people in mm-hmm. that direction instead of a more balanced like well maybe cut out the soda and i'm not a big raw milk fan but <laughs> i mean uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's it's mind-boggling.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think ultimately the 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 only the the practical way forward is to really look at it for, from a sort of microcosm perspective. We can't mm-hmm. really we don't have much influence to um, to change what is external in terms of uh, you know uh counties or states or countries you know globally we don't really have much say on an individual level but we do have our own individual choice in our immediate environment and in i guess in our local communities even to some extent that can be thwarted but we can do our best uh, at least in our own lives yeah Mm -hmm. and that that's ultimately what what we can aim to do isn't it is to make the choices learn and educate yourself because you can't as as we talk about every single week on this show we simply cannot rely on health authorities to tell us what is safe and what is not safe because there's so much corruption and so many lies out there that you sort of have to fine-tune your reading instrument and really do the hard work of finding out what what is healthy and what is not healthy for yourself, mm-hmm. um, and that takes and hard the, work. And, the, and people don't want to do that, unfortunately.
3: Well, if there's people who don't want to do that, then that's their choice. Yeah. But as Sad for and me truth. and my family, we will serve the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that sounded like it was a good spot to end. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Pretty good wrap-up, yeah. yeah. Do we have a, a health and wellness? Uh, sorry, a pal pe- pe- <laughs> segment? No, <laughs> we don't. Okay. <laughs> <So> is, there, <laughs> is there anything else that anyone wants to add?
3: I don't know. Have we <sighs> beaten this topic to death enough? Yet? I
0: think we have. <laughs> yeah, okay then. Okay. Well. Um,
1: it's a little short. Yeah, it was a bit today. of a
0: short one today. Yeah, it was a short one. <laughs> But, yeah, I think we, we beat- were
1: inspired more to kind of continue on from last week, though, because we realized after the show last week that the whole regulation thing might be something to, to bring up. And there's been a lot of good information in the chat about, you know, just the back and forth that happens and having the dialogue.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, I also think that drugs should be legal, too.
1: <laughs> yeah. People have I mean, the right to abuse
3: their bodies as they see fit. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I guess it applies yeah. to everything, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Um as long as as long as you're not harming anyone other than yourself, then, <laughs>
3: well, but then that never but the... happens as we know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, without getting too much into the drugs thing, I'd just like to um, adding a thought I just had: where where do we stand on parents taking drugs? Because it, they they, <laughs> they they may they may not be harming themselves uh-huh. necessarily, but it may be eroding their ability to effectively parent a child. But that's well, that's, that's true, all and that us, already yeah.
3: happens. And we already have laws on the books that say you shouldn't do drugs, even though they shouldn't be there. But it's a free will universe, and people are going to make decisions that affect not only themselves, but also their progeny. And oh, well, that's sad, but it happens.
2: <laughs> Hardcore conservative tiff.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> right, okay then. Well, I guess we'll wrap it up for today. So um, thanks to all of our listeners and thanks to the co-hosts. And thanks to everyone participating in the chat. Make sure to um, tune in to the other shows. Truth Perspective on Saturday and Newsreel on Sunday. Thanks everyone. Bye-bye. Bye.